Welcome to Let's Vibe. On this podcast, we are documenting and celebrating our passion for raves, festivals, and electronic dance music. You will hear interviews and stories from members of the EDM community, giving you an inside perspective on the rave experience. We're talking about the power of music and how it connects us all, bringing people from all walks of life together. Additional information can be found on our website at letsvibemusic.com. I'm your host, Danny Era, and let's get this party started. Oh my God. Okay. Well, Kelsey, so glad to finally get on this call. We've connected over the last 12 weeks and I just love your energy and I love everything about you. And I feel like we really hit it off from like the first time we talked and we like jumped on Zoom and we we're like, ah, like we were video chatting for like an hour. I mean, the first time we ever were like, talking and yeah we just clicked it was awesome (laughs) yeah exactly and I just love your energy and love everything you've taught a few of our candy making classes in our discord group which you taught me how to make my cuff and helped me through that and now I'm like making all this crazy more advanced stuff and it's just been really cool to meet you we've learned that you are getting married this year at EDC Las Vegas so like Oh my God. How exciting. Okay. So I want to talk about it. I know it's going to be your first time at EDC Mm -hmm. and it's your, it's your first wedding, right? Yeah. Hopefully my last. (laughs) First and hopefully last. (laughs) But yeah, no, I've been to many festivals. I've been, uh, well, I guess, yeah, raving since 2013. My first event slash festival was Outside Lands in San Francisco. Um, 2013. And then I had just gone through a really traumatic breakup. So I was a junior going into my senior year. And the guy I dated, uh, just quickly, he was a Marine. So he was very like, you can't smoke weed, you can't do this, you can't talk to other boys. He was so controlling, he was physically abusive. It was just a horrible relationship. Anyways, (laughs) so I was able to get out of that, sent me down a little bit of a, whoa, I'm free. (laughs) So kind of reaction. And so I decided to go uh, to with two friends up to San Francisco. And oh my gosh, I just, it wasn't an all EDM festival, but I just fell in love. Like the energy of being around all those people listening to music and meeting people from all over. It was just, it was intoxicating. And then going back down to San Diego, uh, where I live and, uh, from San, Diego, or San Francisco, when I came home, I was like, let's go. I'm going to as many of these as I can. These are so fun. And Morgan Page, I don't know if you know who Morgan Page, that DJ, yeah. He was my first EDM event at Club Nokia in LA. And oh my gosh, I just remember when that confetti fell and like, I'm getting chills. Just like, you know, the first time you feel that confetti fall on you and you're just like, I'm hooked. <laughs> and um, for me... A lot of my childhood and life experience was pretty abusive. So raving was an escape for me. Like it became a safe place. I didn't have to, I went to an LC, I went to an LC, I went to a high school. I almost said I went to an LCC, which is the name of the high school. But um, I went to a high school that was just very out of a movie, very clicky girls that I met. I moved from Boston actually to California in the middle of my freshman year. 
And so the friends I made, they'd say things to me like, oh, yeah, don't ever come to school without makeup or wow, you look really rich today. And I'm like, oh, my God, ew!" <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, those are just like the type of people that I went to high school with and was surrounded with. So then when I found the Raven community, who was so accepting of everyone, I finally found the freedom to become myself. And I mean, I was 17 when I really started going to like 18 and up events. I had a fake ID to go to raves, not to like, you know, I mean, maybe to drink, but like it was for raves. And yeah, so I so I've been to a lot of events, a lot, all like every insomniac event I've been to at least once um, been to, you know, a hard summer when it was uh being done by Destructo, I guess, you know, that DJ. And then, um, and then I did get to go recently, uh, I think last year when Insomniac was in charge of it. Um, but yeah, this is going to be my first EDC. We're RV camping and day two, we're going to get married. And so, yeah, we're really excited about just ah! that experience. <laughs> Literally have the chills. Every time I interview somebody, like it's full body chills. I cannot like shave my legs beforehand because they'll just grow right back. (laughs) And like everyone's story and like how we got here is so amazing. And that's like why I'm doing what I'm doing because it is so much more for us than just like going to a concert. Like this is like a lifestyle. This is like transformational these experiences that we've had so had you gone to um like any concerts before you started going to you said outside lands was like your first like festival setting and then morgan page was your first like edm artist and like that era like 2012 13 is like peak edm like awesome oh, yeah. <laughs> so good if you were there and experienced that like we're lucky like we are so lucky to have been in that era. And I was like 16, 17 when I started going. So this was, uh, Oh nine. Yeah. I would have been six, 16, 17. And like, people are like, really? I was like, yeah, it was, it was allowed. Like it was 16 and up. And it's so funny. Cause I had my fake to go to the 21 and up events. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, same thing, like to rave, like fake ID to get into the rave. I'm sure people do that now too, but yeah. And then I'm like, I'm 17. They're like, hell yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. Promotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so you were going to concerts before. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about what kind of music you were like listening to before you like, what was the pipeline from like young Kelsey to like uh, the, the EDM scene? So a lot of the time it's the emo phase. So I'm just curious to see if <laughs> I'm, I'm curious out there. Um, so it was a little bit of email. My first concert ever was Hillary Duff. My mom, uh, before she had uh, been diagnosed with cancer, she's 10 years cancer free now, thankfully, but she did have a really rare form of stage three breast cancer, got the double mastectomy. And um, I was told she was going to die. I, you know, I was in the belief that, okay, this cancer is aggressive enough or my mom won't live. That's actually, I don't know if this podcast will show it, but I have a, a one love tattoo. Uh, my friend drew this, who she's very close to me. I I, wa- I saw her mom's dead body outside her bedroom floor. So she drew that. And then my mom met Bob Marley when she was 18. So, and hung out with him for like a couple of days, stole his toothbrush. Um, so when she was going through chemotherapy, she would listen to like No Woman, No Cry and um, a lot of Bob Marley. So I like to think that Bob Marley's spirit attributed to her recovery. 
that's a little bit about music and me and like kind of some importance. <laughs> um, but so she was a massage therapist. And so she got to do chair massage in the VIP section for this Hillary Duff concert. And she got all of us tickets. I touched Hillary. I touched her hand because we were in the VIP box and only the VIP box and forward could go up to the stage. So that was kind of a cool first experience. And then um, I had a friend in high school. Her um, parents were heavily connected in the music industry. I don't know what they do, but they have a beautiful house, so it must be a good job. (laughs) And we would go to concerts, just like random concerts. I can't even remember half the people we saw. Like Like I remember, but they were so not really important to me. So I was going to like a lot of just kind of random things. But when you said emo, I went to Warp Tour. So I guess that kind of counts as a festival before Outside Lands. But I also was like 16. I'm like, I thought this was going to be pop music. (laughs) And like, we actually were supposed to, you know, Breathe Carolina, like that band. Well, Jenna, my friend had um, passes to go meet them and go bowling with them. And so our group was going to go because that song Blackout was super big. Like at the time we went to Warp Tour and then our ignorant teenage naiveness we didn't realize they were like a screamo band and so we're like waiting for that song blackout that's kind of more poppy and everyone's like ah and we're just like uh okay i don't know if we want to go bowling with these people anymore (laughs) and um but don't get me wrong i mean i loved the whole emo phase like when i was in like elementary almost middle school like fallout boy blink 182 you know like all those kind of bands i was so into eminem i would say saved my life in seventh grade so um i am a big fan of rap i hate rap concerts i hate the vibe i think that it's not the same as raving so maybe i'm just a little biased but um yeah seventh grade was as i mentioned my mom had a cancer and uh, that was when she was diagnosed And so that was when I started developing an eating disorder and got very depressed. Uh, I'm bipolar, too. You can keep that in. (laughs) Um, But I did not know that at the time. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 18. And so I got very suicidal. But I would put in my headphones and I would listen to like Lose Yourself or um, what's that one song? Till I Collapse. You know, just like. like motivating songs and Eminem, I just felt like he got me. (laughs) I don't know. So music, I think is just such a powerful force, no matter what music you're into. And so, yeah, um, I would say in summary, to answer your question, I was into a lot of genres before EDM. I didn't really even get into EDM until I moved to California in 2011, 2012. Those questions alone just gave me chills, like (laughs) just remembering those feelings. So some of the artists I saw that were EDM at Outside Lands that year were Dylan Francis. He was just starting to get big at that time. So I'm glad I got to see him then because I also saw him a lot more later. But then he was at the main stage and I I saw Pretty Lights. Pretty Lights was amazing and it was at nighttime. So I was like, now I know why they call them pretty lights because the lasers are just so beautiful. Who else did I see? I was eating it was so long ago. But I know um I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. Um I saw the Yeah Yeah Yeah. So I saw Heads Will Roll Live front stage, like was sick. Um and I saw Paul McCartney from the Beatles. So I I just saw a variety of people. Um, but I 
I mean, I was 17 and I really, I feel like I had life experience, but not, you know, you know how when you're 17, you feel like you do. And, um, so we're alone. This was my first like road trip without, uh, adult supervision. And, um, I just remember walking into those festivals and feeling like this independence, but this freedom at the same time. And like looking around at all these like-minded people who are here for a good time. All the people we met were amazing. Um, I, but we had a lot of like, not tragedies, but, uh, incidents <laughs> like, um, car battery died twice. And so we had to like, one time was like right after one night, cause it's a three night festival. And so one night, uh, the car, like, Oh no, the car got towed one night. Yeah. So <laughs> we had to, uh, travel like around San Francisco. We have no idea where my friends on acid and we're for some reason following her. And I'm like realizing, wait a minute, this girl's tripping. Like she doesn't know where the car is. And then I found the mural we parked near. I'm like, no, we parked here the car's not here. And so like at 3am, we had to bribe a taxi to take like six of us in their little car (laughs) to our hotel. And then we had to figure it out in the morning. It worked out, but just so many things kept going wrong. But it was the, like, I don't look back on that time with any animosity. I look at it like it was all part of the experience. I'll never forget. Like it was the first time that festival, a boy ever put me on his shoulders and I was like, so excited. Like, Oh, he's going to put me on his shoulders. But he was so drunk and he was so tall too. And I'm five one. So I'm not that tall, but I get on his shoulders and he's wobbling and I'm looking at my friend, like, is he going to fall? And then sure enough, I went tumbling down. So I have not gotten on a guy's shoulders since then. Uh, My first and last time I'm just like done. I don't want to (laughs) fall. I love that you talked about like being part of the journey with like those like flat tires or the car getting towed. Like it is part of the process. Like your car's battery is going to die. You're someone's getting a blister. You might roll your ankle. You might fall on someone's shoulders, but like, it's all part of the whole thing. It might seem like stressful at the time, but like it's part of the story. Yeah. And oh, one thing that happened too at Outside Lands. So I went with my friend Denali and her sister, her sister. uh, So Denali and I were both about to be seniors and her sister was about to be either an eighth grade or a freshman. So she was pretty young. Denali got so drunk. She bends down to tire shoe, looks up at Sophia, her sister, and says, take care of Kelsey, me. And took off into the crowd of a hundred thousand people. We're like, why? And then then like, I get a call uh, from a random number after the event. And they're like, "Uh, I think I have your sister. (laughs) And we're like, well, okay, thank you for returning her. And so we had to meet up with this guy. But yeah, so again, like, it's just funny, like getting lost is part of the journey. And that's a fun thing. I think some people, I think kind of go back and forth if they like to be on their own. But I, I personally love running away from my group for a little bit. I have had to adjust my raving because I have a daughter now. That has definitely kind of been different, right? Being a parent who raves because now I've got to find the childcare. I have to, uh, you know, think about, okay, when I come back, I still have to be mom. And so raving has definitely, I've I've stayed. I haven't left. I don't go to as many as I used to go to, but it's, it's a little bit of an adjustment when you're a parent. And you still want to go to raves, but, um, it doesn't mean it's impossible. And I can't, my daughter had bangs. I can't wait to bring her to her first festival. She keeps saying in the car, like, cause she's like weird with loud music. She's six, but she's like, mom, 
can you turn up the music louder? I want to get ready for my first concert. And she like, she's so into it. She like, we'll put on our, our light gloves and she just like waves around. And she's so into like the rave culture already. She doesn't even realize that it's a rave, but um, I, I can't wait to introduce her to that scene. And I love that I can make it like a generational thing. So I want to talk about EDC because it's coming up and you're getting freaking married there. Like, how does it feel to be God's favorite is really what I need to know. I know. Cause yeah, when they uh, emailed me that we got picked, they said, congratulations, you've been picked among thousands of applicants. And I'm just like, really? (laughs) I mean, when you do the application, it's kind of funny. You have to answer so many questions like, what they're really looking for is that you're not just trying to get a Las Vegas wedding at a party, you know, kind of idea. They want to make sure you're about plur, that you're really a dedicated raver to the community and the concepts that everything it stands for. And you're not just doing this for clout or whatever. So luckily, my fiance and I have been raving together for since we've been together nine years this Friday. We, we've been raving for so long together. We have so many pictures together. So you have to also in the application upload pictures of you and your fiance. And so luckily, I just had a plethora of options. And also, I've I really fluctuated with my weight, especially uh, when I got pregnant. I gained a lot of weight. And then after my pregnancy, I just kind of continued to gain weight. And then in this last year, I've lost about 80 pounds now point to that is in the pictures you see me go from stick to like not to in but you know I'm a fluctuate so it shows that that it's been some time and so I think that helped the case you have to write like a little essay or something not an essay but like a little note like hey this is why we want to do it so yeah we got picked and then they're really strict about like okay what are your preferred times once they give you the time you have three days to pay $450, I think it is. And that's all inclusive. So compared to a traditional wedding, I mean, that includes a ceremony, a photographer, a dessert, the after party, like a locker for the day, all of it. But you do have three days tops to pay that or they give your spot to someone else. So it is kind of competitive. I was at the time that we got our invitation for the day, I didn't have $450. And so I had to call my dad and I was able to pay him back. But um, I just, I feel for people who maybe don't have that option to call somebody up and say, hey, can I borrow this money until I get paid? And so that's one aspect of the whole process I don't love, but I do understand because, you know, there's so many people who apply. They need to get the ball rolling. But luckily we were able to secure it. We got the chapel we wanted because there's two chapels. uh, One that's more spiritual based and one that's more party-based. And we got the party one. <laughs> yeah, and then night two, 9 p.m., I feel like it's just the ideal time because I don't think any like person I really want to see is going to be on at 9, so hopefully I don't miss anyone. Um, I saw Subtronics is playing night two. have not seen Subtronics yet. So I'm very excited about wedding night, Subtronics, <laughs> hopefully after the wedding. And we got VIP tickets. Uh, So most of our group doesn't have VIP, but we're really only going to take advantage of it. I think night two, because we want to stay with our group most of the time. But our wedding night, we're going to really like take advantage of that, go into the VIP areas and experience all that. But the application process itself, I mean, I applied so long ago. I'm trying to remember the specific questions. What's really what's 
stood out to me that I've really remembered was mainly that you had to upload pictures of yourself. I mean, I get that logic, um, but that was kind of something I wasn't expecting. So anyone who's listening and thinking about, you know, applying, just get your little photo album ready and make sure they're like the cute pictures of you two raving. And (laughs) I'm trying to think, I mean, there was uh, how long have you been raving for? I think was a question. What does plur mean to you? Might've been a question or I know there was like an open response. I mean, it was a long application, like a full, like scroll down the page thing. And then after I submitted it, I got a confirmation email that they received it four to six, four four to six months after that, maybe four, four to five months after that, I heard back that we got selected. Um, So it was a bit of a process. And then they send you a whole email with like, here's the rundown of how it's going to go, what's included, uh, what you need to do. And it's cool. You get like a locker for the day so you can um, have like your stuff there. If you're not camping, we are going to do the RV camping, but I don't know if I'll need the locker. But yeah, so the application itself, um, is it's pretty straightforward. It's just I would say that being honest about your intentions is really important. And like, if you are like a really dedicated raver and really, you know, are about and everything, make that known like as much as you can in the application, because the more you express that you're about peace, love, unity, respect, but just making it known like what that means to you. And so I think I maybe in my application, cause I'm such a overdoer, I might've been like, peace to me is love to me is and like you know I really broke it down and so I tried to be very very thorough with the application and I think that helped our chances I wasn't gonna wear a all white dress to my wedding like when we were thinking about doing a traditional one I was like that dress is gonna have black in it I am not traditional white is supposed to signify like the purity of the woman I have a kid come on how pure am I (laughs) like a traditional wedding. I think that's part of what I said too. Like, I just cannot see myself having a traditional wedding. I can only picture it being a wedding in an EDM setting because that is just such a big part of who I am and who my fiance is. On the website, they have pictures of both the chapels, not a ton of pictures, but there's also, if you go on YouTube and search EDC wedding, I think it's the first video that pops up. It's a girl in a tutu and an awkward looking guy. They're like actual like tents and they have like the pews on the side for the guests to sit. And then you walk down the aisle and you actually, you get to pick the song you walk down the aisle to, which is kind of cool. And we have a friend who uh, he mixes. And so we're going to have him kind of make an edit of uh, Need Your Heart by Adventure Club for our song. Um, Just like edit it because you only get 30 seconds or so for the song. So I just want him to kind of like tweak it for that 30 second window. So we get the parts we want. But the limitation to the Chapel of Technology is you can only have 40 guests because it's a little smaller. Chapel of Nature, which is the spiritual one we're not using, is you can have up to 60 guests. So it's 20 more guests. And then the person, the minister who marries you, it's a husband and a wife, actually. The wife does the Chapel of Nature and the husband, Brian is his name. He does the marriages at the Chapel of Technology. I also like through seeing videos on YouTube, I saw Brian in some of these videos and I loved his energy. And part of the vows are actually, do you promise to love each other through every bit of peace and love, unity and with respect? Like they add plur in the vows. And 
I just love that. And so I liked his energy. I mean, I love spiritual uh, spirituality and that would be cool, but, um, I really just, I was getting a strong gravitational pull to choose the, the technology chapel. I would say it has more like bright neon lights. It's a lot brighter. I think like not necessarily like that bright white light, but they're like colored lights and it looks like a party in there compared to the chapel of nature. Um, I think it has a tree, like a fake tree in there. It's very like nature and earthy and, um, and then also the vibe of how the ceremony will go is different. So if you go to the nature chapel with the wife, I don't know her name, I forget it. Um, but if you go with the wife, it's a much more like spiritual bonding, which I do. I love that. Um, I do, but, uh, I guess it's just more of a, like, a I don't know how to explain it. Maybe just like peaceful. <laughs> and then, um, how they explain it is for the chapel technology is for the people who like to really be loud and have maybe that more like, yeah, let's walk down the aisle one more time versus like the chapel of nature is going to be, let's take a slow walk down the aisle. So it's just kind of the two vibes. Do you want like, yeah. Or do you want more like mellow? And that's basically where you're going to make your decision. (laughs) You can say when you reply to the email, your preferred chapel doesn't guarantee you're going to get it. And then your top three days and times. Um, So you can get married night one, night two, night three. And I don't quote me on the times, but I think it goes like starting at six or seven until midnight, maybe even longer. We were really happy with our time of 9 p.m. I just feel like that's early enough in the night and we won't miss anyone, so hopefully. And uh, yeah, so you you put in your request and then they email you back with what you get. So it's not always any of your requests. Like, I don't know if I even requested night two at 9 p.m., but I was like, OK, that's a cool. T- I'll take it. So it, it's more based on a first come, first serve and what's available. So you were talking about the guest count. So just to be clear, and I already know the answer, I'm pretty sure to this question, everyone who is attending, they need to already have their EDC ticket. They're not like you get to invite guests and they get to go and then go to the ceremony and then like, and leave or something like that. Um, So the chapel, I believe is like in the, like somewhere in the middle of the festival. So you can't even get in. Yeah. Without a ticket. They provide a photographer. You can bring your own photographer if you want. And I had someone who did my engagement photo shoot that I was, uh, she said she'd be down to go to EDC, but I reached out to them and I asked, so does she have to buy a ticket or because she's my photographer, would she get in with like a press pass or something? They never got back to me. So I think I'll just go with the EDC photographer because of whatever. I don't have to pay for that. It's included. So, um, so you get about, I think it's an hour, maybe total, right? Like you have about 20, 30 minutes for the ceremony, walking down, saying your vows and all that. And then afterwards you get, um, a dessert. I think they, they give you each like a slice of cake and, oh gosh, I have to reread this email, but there is like a, not an after party, but like kind of a little ceremony thing they do after. So it's, it's really like a traditional wedding on a small scale at EDC, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. The biggest question, what are you wearing? Tell us everything. We need to know everything. 
I'm going full like 2012 raver theme. I might even get fluffies. I'm not sure yet, but that would be so cool. I think I might make my bridesmaids wear fluffies, <laughs> but so I'm wearing uh, one of the sequin bras that they make, you know, or were really big back in like the 2012, 2014 era. Um, and it's got, um, it's all white, very glittery, has like uh, things that hang down in the center and on the arms, like uh, pearl bead looking things. I was soaked on that top. Um, but like I mentioned before, I'm not traditional. I don't want all white. So I'm doing that white top. And then I have these black, like I think it's actually like a bathing suit bottom, but they're cute. So it's like a high-waisted black bottom with like little uh, cute cuts on the side. And then I have um, a like a see-through kind of silkish white skirt with slits on the side. And my friend who, and a, a veil too, that's uh, got white flowers and it's a white veil. The veil and the skirt, my friend who owns a clothing company is, uh, she's embroidering it with like black uh, butterflies and I don't even know what it's kind of a surprise. I trust her judgment though. She has a great creative eye and outfit wise that tons of candy. And then, um, Danny here will be making, uh, my, my, uh, hair extension braids that I'm going to wear. So I've been looking on uh Pinterest and stuff to like, look at different ways to braid them into my hair. And yeah, I mean, lots of glitter. <laughs> and then my fiance, uh, I don't, all I know he's going to wear is a tuxedo t-shirt. That's all I know. <laughs> I, I think, oh, he has a, I think a hat. A, yeah, a sparkly, like kind of like top hat type thing. But it's like, not like sparkly, but like not rhinestone. I don't even know how to describe it. It's shiny. I don't know. Oh, I love it. And I have been working on your your tie-in braids and I have one more row of the bubbles. So she's doing uh, like an ombre from pink to purple and she's doing bubble braids. So each band on each side has five bubbles and then there's three mini braids. And I am like, I'm so in invested in these because it is such an honor to be making something for someone on their wedding day. And you'll just get to like, look at the pictures of those and like, remember them and take them with you. So like, I am so honored and so excited to be working on these, but we're going all out. We're doing some rhinestones. We're doing some glitter. I have like the littlest hints of tinsel in there. So there's some light pink. There's some like a white opal tinsel and a little bit of silver, but not too much. It'll just be the like a little like pop. And then we'll do some rhinestones. I have some really cool, almost opal looking rhinestones. I'm going to show you all of this before I start putting it on. But like, I have, these are like my baby right now. Like just know that when you have these on so much love from somebody who is like an admirer of you and everything that you do has made these and they're going to be with you that day. And I'm just so honored to make you these. So grateful. I'm like, ah. I'm happy to make the extensions. I'm happy it's you, Danny. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so good. My bridesmaids, um, they asked like, what should we wear? And I'm like, all black. <laughs> yes. I'm Do like, they get to stand up there with you? I only get to pick three, but um, yeah. So I'm going to have one One of my bridesmaids is one girl <laughs> going to my RV. And then another one is uh, two, uh, the two others. They live together in this big house with a lot of my rave family. And one of those girls actually had a twin sister who I was very close to who passed away from a fentanyl overdose. So 
I'm trying not to get emotional, but having her sister up there with me is going to be like having her too. So yeah, that's, that's really going to be special. That's so nice. Like what a, what a gift to be able to have that. And um, not only her sister, but like the memory and spirit of her there too with you. And that's just so amazing. Yeah. She was a big part of my Ray family back in the day. And, uh, you know, I got into raving with her and yeah, I think uh, I've been to a lot of funerals from fentanyl overdoses, but my friend Nicole was the one that hit the hardest. So it'll mean a lot to have her twin sister up there with me. It's kind of a funny story. I had just broken up with that boyfriend, you know, around the time I went to Outside Lands. And I had known my fiance at the time. He was just my friend. But really how I met him, he was he was my, my friend Denali, who I went to Outside Lands with. Her brother was friends with my fiance. So we were always at the house together. And um, we had this rule for me and uh, my friend, like we'd say, don't date the boys, like don't date her brother's friends and don't hook up with them. It's a rule. And um, totally never meant to, but (laughs) it just sort of happened. And I remember when he kissed me just thinking, oh, fuck, now we're never going to be friends again. (laughs) And like, uh, you know, because I loved him so much. I loved his energy and I just wanted him in my life. And I was like, God damn it. Now, like if, if something happens and now he's not in my life anymore. But I mean, look at us now. We're nine years together and have a beautiful daughter. So I guess that kiss was worth it. <laughs> and yeah, so we we met mainly through uh, friends who were siblings. We found out we both loved raving. And so we started going to raves together. And then um, actually he had a girlfriend at the time who was very against raving and uh, partying and all that stuff. And I I had no intention of breaking them up, but I posted pictures of him with me and my group at a rave and he was clearly fucked up and I didn't know his girlfriend didn't want that. I don't know. So they ended up breaking up and I got a text from my friend Denali uh, saying like, good job. You broke up Joe and Gianna. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I reached out to him and he's like, no, it's totally fine. Like, honestly, we just weren't meant to be. A month later, we started dating. The first time when Joe, my fiance, kissed me was the first time a spark or something really happened between us. And the only reason we hung out that night, we we didn't really hang out a lot, just the two of us. But I had taken a nap and woken up at like 9 p.m. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see what Joe's up to. So I texted him. Had I not texted him to hang out that night, who knows if we would have ever gotten together. So yeah, I, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like had this one thing not happened, would we be where we are today? And if not, where would we be? The timing was perfect. So yeah, it's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's just been such a journey. I mean, I could take up another hour going into the entire experience, but I'll just say overall, having a partner, you know, who's like minded and, you know, there's raves we've been to where maybe he's not having a good time, maybe did too much partying and needs to go home or maybe me and uh, we take care of each other or not even necessarily just partying wise, but it's really nice to have that reliable partner that you can trust and you can have fun with, you can have serious conversations with. It's just very wholesome and I guess just round, very well-rounded where we can talk about like, yeah, raves and music, but then we also have our relationship in life. And so it's just, we have like all aspects of our worlds have just come together and it's, it's been such a journey. I wouldn't take it back for anything. 
My favorite thing about Joe would have to be his patience. I've never met a person as patient as him and as understanding. He may not always be the best when it comes to like vocalizing how he feels or talking about emotions, but I mean, he is just so patient. And like I mentioned, I'm bipolar too. I do take medication for it. I think bipolar or not, everybody's got a little crazy in them. And so, you know, there's just, we've had some really tough moments in our relationship over the years. And he's stuck by my side through everything. So the thing I love most about Joe is just that he's never given up on me. And that's something that I've never had in my life from a guy. He's just really special. I knew he was going to propose eventually. And yeah. actually, we went to an Atmosphere concert and I was kind of hoping he would just get it over with and do it there. So on the car ride home, when he didn't propose, I'm just like, hmm. And like, he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. I'm just not engaged. And he started laughing. Oh my gosh. Chelsea, you really think that was special enough for you? Like, you deserve way more than an engagement at a stupid amphitheater. Like, yes, Atmosphere is amazing, but like, that's not what you deserve. You deserve better than that. It was funny, actually, at Audiotistic. I, I kind of had a feeling he was going to do it there. But we were just walking in the in the parking lot from one stage to another. And he just grabbed my hand and got down on one knee. And he said, I can't I can't hold it in. I'm doing it now. But to be honest, I think I, I, I don't even remember everything he said because I was just so like, oh, my God, it's happening. But I mean, I, I remember whatever he said was very heartfelt and. It was it was sweet. And so and then someone walked by us. It was funny um, right after when he was he was on one knee and he had just put the ring on my finger and some girl walks by and she goes, oh, my God, did you two just get engaged? (laughs) And we're like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, give me your phone. Let me take a picture. Like it was just kind of funny. And that rave community, how, you know, a stranger walks by and was like, you two just got engaged. Like that guy's on one knee and she just wants to be a part of that and help take pictures. And so, yeah. And that probably made her night too, you know? (laughs) I know. I love that. It was so, it was just you two when he proposed? At the time, yes. We went with a big group and uh, his, one of the, who's going to be his best man was, he, that guy was there with us and he, later on we ran into them and Joe was like, oh, I did it. And our friend Connor's like, you did it without me? Like, I think he wanted to record it or something. I don't know. But he was, Joe's like, I just couldn't wait. Like I wanted to do it. (laughs) That's so sweet. And that was about two years ago. So 2021. Yeah, that sounds right. It was about two years ago. Wow. So you guys had been like together for a while before the engagement. So you were ready. Oh, oh, yeah. And I mean, our daughter was uh, four or five or so then when we got engaged. And so I'm not the type of person who was like, when I was pregnant, oh, you need to marry me. We've always believed we want to have a wedding when the time is right. And when we can have the wedding of our dreams. We had been together for about three years or so when I found out I was pregnant. And so we kind of felt like, well, okay, let's see. That's a whole other story. My special message to Joe. (laughs) I mean, just that, you know, throughout the years, we've been through so, so, so much. And there's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And, you know, through all of that, one thing has been consistent and that's been our relationship and the love we have for each other, even in those bad moments. And so I just, I couldn't imagine going through this journey with anybody else and that he's just, he's the love of my life. And sometimes we, we have moments where it's 
frustrating in our relationship. And sometimes he's not always the best at handling that, but he always comes around with this just wholesome heart where he has so much love for me, for our daughter, for everyone. And he's just such a good person. And, you know, I, I think about my track record of people I've dated and I don't think I've ever dated anyone close to as genuine of a person as Joe. I'm just so excited to get married to him. <laughs> this is my first interview, so I'm kind of like <laughs> nervous. Met back in 2013 and we were both like kind of just like mutual friends. At the time, my best friend was her, was the brother of her best friends. Like they're, they're, they were siblings. We would see each other all the time and we would party together all the time. She like was just started coming over to my house more often. Uh, we started going to raves together and then just eventually we just like, you know, just like um, started dating and then it just kind of naturally happened. But it, it all formed from going to events. I got into the scene like back in like 2010. That was like my very first love. I did not know anything about the rave scene or the rave culture before, but like first time I heard like dubstep or anything, and I just fucking I fell in love with the whole culture, the whole scene, with everything. And from that night on, I was like a full on raver, just hardcore. Like I wanted to propose for years because we had been together at that point for like eight years. I always wanted to propose at a festival. At the time, I just kind of like I don't know, there was something in me that just wanted to just kind of like get going with it you know we're just like all right well I'm, we're kind of pushing 30 soon you know like we don't get to go to festivals as much as we do anymore because we have a daughter now and um she's six years old and we got to take care of her first before you know going out and festivals and stuff like that so audio just came around and i was like all right this is a it seems like the time to do it like and then the venue that autistic was in, in san diego i just I love that venue. It was it was actually the first venue that I went to for like my first EDM festival where they had the Identity Festival back in 2011. Just seems so fitting for our relationship because our whole relationship we've always been into the whole rave culture and the whole rave scene, and we've always just been about plur and plur life and just like spreading the love. And I think that was like the core base of our relationship. We've grown a lot since then. We were just kids when we, you know, first like fell in love. And the main reason why I, I felt like it was appropriate to propose at a festival. I don't know why I was so nervous. Is like I knew she would say yes. I, I had a feeling that she kind of knew already because like she had known that I, I had gotten a ring already and stuff. And like it was just a matter of time of like when, you know. But like we got there, we got our drinks and then like I was just so nervous. The first set we walk up to, I, I think Hero Bus was playing. I just like got down on he's like, you know, like I just I, I love you so much. You know, I'm like, I want to be with you the rest of my life. Like, will you, will you please marry me? And yeah, it was it was awesome. And like um, my friend was supposed to like film it, but like I didn't even give him a warning just because I was so nervous. Like I just. I just went I just did it because I was just like, I just had to, <laughs> I just had to do it. Later on deciding to get married at EDC because we were looking at what like wedding venues around San Diego and they're just so expensive. The like, EDC does weddings. And then we looked into that and it was like, oh, it's like 800 bucks. Let's just do that. Like worked out perfect. 
I just feel like it's just so fitting for our our relationship just because we've been going to festivals and like our relationship was based off of raving. You know, we've always just gone to raves together. It's just been our thing, you know, and um, to be honest, like, I didn't even really want like a real traditional wedding with all like friends and family. I, I don't know, like for me, like I'd rather done like a small little wedding with just a few people there. And then had a reception for friends and family, you know, I thought it'd be just fitting for us to just do it at EDC. So our close friends will be there. We're going to have a, a reception for our fam- our family and stuff that aren't going to be able to make it. I like, I feel like that's like home for me. Like I'm comfortable. I'm so comfortable. The last time I went was like 2014. Me and my friends, we stayed at um a, like casinos and stuff. And like the traffic was just so horrific. It was, it was, it's a funny joke. Like, like once you leave EDC, like going out, all the plur vibes are gone in the parking lot trying to leave. You know, like everyone's just like honking, flipping each other off. I remember it took us like four hours to get out of out of the speedway to get back to like the Excalibur where we were staying at the time. To those two years for me, like the 2013 to 2014, like when I, I was like 18 and 19 at the time. And I was going hard at that time. A lot of... um like substance abuse we actually got kicked out of our hotel room the night the night before edc because we partied too hard in the hotel (laughs) yeah like our friend broke the window on the second floor i woke up to a bunch of security guards in our room like grabbing our stuff out and dragging us out of the excalibur and then we it was like three or four in the morning we were all just like so confused on what was happening we we were calling around and like that whole weekend was just such a shit show. I will never forget that. Thinking back of all those years when I was just like such a wild child, just didn't give a fuck about anything. I just, I did, didn't care at all. I'm really into like the whole harm reduction scene. Times have changed since then and it's just, it's a, it's a lot more dangerous. Unfortunately, I've lost many friends and family to that and it's just like, it's just, it's really unfortunate. It makes you more aware of your surroundings and what you take. I'm all about that. I always keep Narcan around just in case, because that's how most of my friends have died. It's like easy, easy ways to get it, you know, and it's like almost free. You just never know. You could be saving someone's life. I feel like it's not much change because I feel like we've, it almost feels like we've been married for so long. Like ever since we've had Raylan, our daughter, she's six years old and like, you know, and I I would do any, I'd, I'd do anything for Kelsey and Raylan, you know, and um they're my family you know and i i i feel like it's now that it's now that we're just getting married it's just only becoming just official you know what i mean it's just like nothing's really gonna change always be there for her always gonna be there for my daughter to be the best partner and father i could be and that's you know that's all i could do is just try my best what is your favorite thing about kelsey Oh, okay. <laughs> My favorite thing is probably her sense of humor. I love, like, she is, like, probably one of the funniest people I know. And, like, she'll make light of any situation. And, like, she's just, like, she knows how to cheer people up. And she's, like, always just, like, um, just so bright. And it's, it's like, so hard for me to put into words. <laughs> like, it's just, like, more of, like, a feeling. But, um, yeah, like, she's... Like, she's just the greatest, just the greatest person I've ever met. She's always, like, just 
there for people no matter what. Like she's kind of like our like to our friends, like she's like our therapist, you know? Like she's oh she our our house she's always welcoming people and and she's like, you know, she's always there for people and she puts other people's needs before hers. Which sometimes it can be hard on her, you know, and it like it's a lot of wear and tear on her. And I have to tell her sometimes, like, hey, like, sometimes you, you got to take care of yourself first before you take care of other people. And she's just like, yeah, I feel so bad, you know. And but I mean, there's like not a whole lot of people out there like that are genuinely like that, you know what I mean? And um, and I, I don't know, I've I've just I've been in love with her since day one. I'm so bad with kind of things on the spot. Let me see. Um pre-wedding message i have always loved you kelsey and i'll always love you no matter what and i'm gonna try my hardest not to cry during this ceremony (laughs) because i know you are gonna look beautiful like always and i cannot wait to spend the rest of my life with you and and i hope we just have a happy and fulfilling life together. Thank you so much, Joe, for your time. Thank you you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Congratulations. And it's going to be amazing and happy EDC. Thank you for listening to the Let's Vibe podcast. You can connect with Let's Vibe on all social platforms. To further support Let's Vibe, please share this podcast with friends or leave a review. For more information, join our Discord group or visit our website at letsvibemusic.com. Until next time, sending you love and vibes.